In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. Um, you guys, I want to do something here in just a second. It, it involves music, and I want you to go there with me. I want you to really enjoy this as much as I'm going to enjoy it. But if for some reason you cannot enjoy this, I want you to use this timestamp. So I want you to skip right past this because I want you guys and your little hearts filled with holiday spirit to enjoy this podcast. So if you don't enjoy this next part, I want you to I want you to just take it off. We're going to we're going to go through this together because it's something that means so much to me. So uh, welcome to the show. If you're new to the show, this might be confusing. If you're not new to the show, this is probably par for course. Oh, and also, this is a Salt Lake City recap with my friend Chrissy, Chrissy Malazzo. Uh, she is excellent. It is an hour and a half conversation that goes into Vanderpump Rules, goes into Salt Lake, goes into everything. I mean, we even touch on cults. It is an amazing, amazing interview recap. Um, not just a recap. It's an interview on top of that. Um, I want to remind people there are going to be three, read them three episodes this week. I am training you guys for what is to come in January. I've said this in multiple episodes. I'm going to keep reminding you. I'm going to keep um, just letting you know this is how things are going to go down in January. 
is I will be going to a daily format. And and so I'm going to do three episodes this week just to, to wet the palate. These are going to be three longer episodes than usually daily episodes will end up being. But there is just too much good stuff happening, too many good people to talk to. So today's episode, we are going to do Chrissy, uh, Salt Lake City, just so you have that ready for uh, tomorrow night's Salt Lake City episode five. But we also have tomorrow, I'm going to be releasing... Another episode with my friend Raven. You might know her as at Mainly Bravo from the podcast Bitches Better. We talk about Real Housewives of Potomac season finale and Real Housewives of Atlanta premiere. Plus, I get to get all of her thoughts on a little guy named Jax Taylor getting fired. Woo! Celebrate good times. Come on. Um, so tomorrow's episode will have my tribute uh, to Jax's farewell or my farewell to Jax Taylor. Um, that will be on tomorrow's episode with mainly Bravo plus a Southern charm recap with our good friend, Kate Legaco, who is just amazing. And I got to tell you folks, I talked to both of them and I can tell you without hesitation, they are amazing. They are both great interviews. And then the day after that, like, it's just, this is my holiday gift to you guys is I have Ian Gelfand, the producer of Summer House, uh, Family Karma. I've talked about him a lot, and this is an interview I'm really proud of. And I just wanted to find a way to release it, the interview just him. And so I'm just going to release it just him. So you have three episodes this week, and that'll just get you primed for what's coming in January. Also, a reminder, next week will be my last episodes of the year. Um, go to Patreon if you want more episodes. I will be still releasing over there, but I got to prep for January. Um, okay, so that's all the business. If you like the show, leave a good review. If you don't, also, I get that my <laughs> somebody on Instagram, I've talked about this on the Patreon, but somebody on the Instagram said that they needed to let me know how annoying my laugh was. No, how annoying my singing voice was when I was making fun of the Salt Lake Choral Choir and and how I found I, I should stop laughing at myself. But I, you know. I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like that's that's part of it. Like, I want to try to make myself laugh. So uh, I I apologize to you guys if that really overly annoyed you. So I, I will try to do less of that. But also uh, a tip of the hat to that uh, that rude son of a bitch that uh, said that. Like, what a what a wild, <laughs> what a wild thing. I love the audacity of people, but I kind of dig it because I'm like, well, I say a lot of tough things about Jax and other people. So I guess people can say tough things about me and, and all of that noise, but all good. All good. Let's have a blast. Uh, so will you guys go with me on this next part, this journey? Okay. Let me play my favorite holiday song and let's go through this together. Okay. I'm so excited. That's right, folks. It's a long December by a little band named Counting Crows. Um, this is my favorite holiday song. This, is, you know, my love for Counting Crows. I love this. Is the saddest song. And and as a nerd, as a as a a proud nerd, this is from the 2014 bootleg, a long December uh, recorded live from the Greek Theater in Los Angeles. Um, no, but that, that all is true, uh, including the nerd part. So I just want us to enjoy this. Maybe I'll break in a couple times to tell you how, how much, <laughs> how much these lyrics mean to me, but I just want you to enjoy the magic of Counting Crows and a long December. So picture it. Okay. 
you're in Los Angeles, the weather's getting cold, and you're sad. Okay, go. Long December, and there's reason to believe Maybe this year will be better than last I can't remember the last thing that you said As you were leaving, but now the days go by so fast it's one more day up in the canyon And it's one more night in Hollywood If you think that I could be forgiven I wish you would If that first verse, let's break that down a little bit. No, um, how can you not feel something? It says a long December and there's reason to believe that maybe this year will be better than the last. And I just think that says it all. I mean, that says it all like 2020. We're putting it away. We're going to 2021. We're going ahead. And there is reason to believe. I mean, 2020 would have to be really bad to not like, I mean, 2021 doesn't even have to do that much to be better than 2020. I mean, it's just like, it's literally like just showing up your senior year. Like you're just like, Hey, I'm out of here anyways. Like if it just, if 2021 just shows up, we're good. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, very emotional already that beginning, you know, I love it. You got to love it. The smell of hospitals in winter. Feeling that it is all a lot of oysters open up. Uh, that's actually a fun uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake reference. The lyric is the smell of hospital in winter. How did Adam Duritz, the lead singer of Counting Crows, know that one day Mary would say the smell of hospitals? That's just amazing. Uh, it I blew my mind when I put that together. <laughs> All at once, you look across the crowded room See the way that light attaches to a girl, a girl, a girl It is one more day up in the canyons And it's one more night in Hollywood If you think that you might come Makes you laugh a little slower 
makes you talk a little lower about the things you could not show her at its been long December there is reason to believe that maybe this year will be better than the last I can't remember all the times I tried to tell myself to hold on these moments as they pass And it's one more day up in the canyons And it's one more night in Hollywood Man, it's been so long since I seen the ocean. Well, I guess I should. I bet you don't hear that from a lot of podcasts. Somebody taking you through a long December right at the beginning. I'm going to take you through an extremely sad song that is 20 plus years old. And I'll just sit with that for a while. Now, what if I put like a five minute pause of just me? Just like, hey, can we all just take a moment of silence and just um, let's send a good wish to 2021? No, I think that is such a great song. I don't know why that's that is stuck with me for decades now. And um I love that lyric uh, when he says, I, uh, I guess I can't remember all the times I tried to tell myself to hold on to these moments as they pass. And man, that, I mean, God, that just sums so many moments in my life up of like, of being in a moment that you've waited for so much and you almost have to remind yourself to be present in it. You know, something that you've built up and and things like that. And I just, I don't know, for some reason, this this song always touches me so much. And I think it is just so cool to play it in December. I mean, come on. And I live in Hollywood, so it's like doubly cool for me. I mean, I, you poor suckers living elsewhere, you don't get nearly the amount of joy I do when I get to play that in Los Angeles. Like a cool guy, like a bad boy of podcasting. Yeah, that's right. Bad boy of podcasting. I, uh. I have bootleg counting crow concerts. Um, anyways, folks, thank you for letting me uh, take that little detour. We like to take those detours uh, here and there, but uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And and if you didn't, welcome back. I'm glad you're using the timestamps. 
Uh, also, I wanted to give a quick uh, thank you to my friends Casey and Tim. Uh, I've talked about them before. They're just really amazing people. They uh, they live in Minneapolis, and I just got a uh, a Christmas package from them. And get this, you guys, it had a Garth Brooks Christmas ornament in it. It was like Ryan. I love cool stuff. You want to hang? You want to hang slick stuff? Hey, it's me, Garth. I got you. I got you a little token for you to keep on the tree. Little Garth guitar, slick stuff, cool stuff. All right. Yeah. No, I got a Garth Brooks. Uh, ornament. I got an ornament, uh, that says like, bitch, I elevate this shit and an ornament with, uh, the, the, the New York housewives in the swimming pool with Santa Claus hats on. And I'm so excited. I'm doing the second annual putting up of my little mini tree this weekend. And I'm so, so excited to do it. Um, I know you guys, a lot of you guys are new. So, uh, yeah, this is my second annual where I'm getting in the holiday spirit and I'm really excited. Like I, now I'm starting to see what everybody kind of gets off on in terms of that. Like I'm excited to see my ornaments again. Like I know I have some Jack's ornaments and, and you guys, like I said, tomorrow I will be doing a full, Jack's Taylor retrospective, even though you'll get a lot of Jack's today in my discussion with Chrissy, um, because what a moment, what a moment. Oof. Get chills when I, when I still think about it. It's just so much exciting stuff is happening. Um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, I want to also say thank you to all of you guys listening. Last week was one of the best weeks I've ever had in terms of downloads and stuff. So that is, you know, like every week, I'm just such a weird person where I'll be like, ah, time to pack it in. They've, they've figured it out. They all hate you. And then I got my numbers and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. So thank you all, all you guys that have stuck with me, stuck with, it's, I, I, it's weird to think now we're on like a year of doing this and I can now think about a year ago and my life, I mean, my, you know, all of our lives are changed so much this year, but the one constant in my life has been this podcast and you guys has been sitting at this desk, um, uh, day after day, putting this thing together and not a lot has changed. Um, so thank you guys. I get the only thing that's changes is, is more ears. And I think that's so great. So thank you guys for sticking with me. And let's, I know this is kind of serious so far. I got to say, I'm a little out of it. And it's because I think I told you guys this already, or I told the Patreon, which by the way, uh, I released three episodes on Patreon, three, like hour and a half episodes on Patreon. If you need more, got some OC recaps up there, got a Potomac recap up there, got a don't be tardy with my main, uh, collaborator, Maritza Lopez. Those are all great. They're all up on the Patreon for five bucks a month. Go support if you can. And I'm sending out holiday cards to all my Patreons and I'm so excited for that. It's my first time ever. Uh, sending out holiday cards. You're like, Ryan, are you an idiot? And the answer is, yeah, yeah, I am an idiot. And, but I'm still excited because I've never done that. Like, you know, I, I, I remember when I was in a relationship, my, uh, partner, uh, my ex, she, she would send out the Christmas cards and I would just, you know, take the picture or, you know, and so this is the first time I'm, uh, doing one and I'm really, really excited about it. I know you're like, that's so weird, but it, think about it. If somebody's not used to doing something, it really does. It makes things so much better and more exciting when I actually get to do them for myself. You're like, Hey, you should try doing laundry sometime. No, I know how to do laundry. Calm down. You guys, um, <laughs> That's the other thing I was thinking about how much I've learned this year because of you guys, 
Like I know it's set. Like I ask lady questions like once an episode, at least like I learned this year about pelvic floors. I had no idea about pelvic floors. I learned about, uh, boob inserts on bras. That was huge. That blew my mind. I learned, um, about different lady hairstyles. Um, I, there's so many lady things that I've learned and so many lady things that I was wrong about that. I sincerely apologize. I was just really off the mark. <laughs> and so thanks to you guys. Anyways, I was saying, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so scattering. So I have not drank a drop of alcohol in like 11 days now, and I have not had any sugar or carbs. I'm kind of doing a keto friendly thing. Cause I'm really trying to really, uh, start 2021 off. Right. And that that's with me dead, obviously, <laughs> but no, I'm going to try not to drink until, uh, uh, Christmas when I get back to Arizona with my family. I mean, hopefully I get back to Arizona with my family. I hope everything stays, um, you know, stays, everybody stays healthy where I can go back. Uh, cause I do want to remind everybody, and I know you guys know this, you see the statistics it's worse than ever. Everybody in Los Angeles seems to be getting it. So really be safe everywhere. I know you guys, I know everybody hates to be told what to do. I'm just asking you nicely as a friend to wear your mask. Um, uh, I know it's silly, but like, I'm so used to the mask now. Like I just wear, I mean, I think guys, I think once I take the vaccine. I'm going to continue to wear the mask. I think it's just going to be, it's like a part of me now. I've, I've never taken off the same mask since this has begun. No. Um, but anyways, I just, uh, remember take care of each other, wash your hands, all that shit that we already know, but, uh, it's so easy to forget to do it. Like I sometimes go out of the house still without my mask. And then I huff and puff and like, duh, 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 and go in and get the mask. So anyways, I'm very weak. I, I think I'm just not used to not having sugar and at least a glass of wine or something. Uh, but it's pretty easy to do. It just kind of makes you weaker and a little more fuzzy, if that makes sense. So uh, I apologize if I'm a little fuzzier than usual. But I don't need uh, to apologize anymore because we got our interview and our interview is great. Uh, Chrissy Malazzo, she's been on the podcast before. She's been on Sexy Unique podcast a lot. Uh, really an amazing writer. You can find her at Chrissy Malazzo, C-R-I-S-S-Y-M-I-L-A-Z-Z-O uh, on Twitter. She is not on Instagram anymore because uh, as she explains in the, in the interview, she's better than me. And <laughs> But it really, she is just one of the funniest people to bounce off of. We get into Vanderpump rules. Like I said, we recap all of Salt Lake, which I just think is so, I really am enjoying the season, but she kind of didn't love this episode as much as I did. So that was great to talk to. So I just think overall, you're going to have a blast listening to this conversation. I was cracking up during it. So I know you're going to be smiling. So are we ready? Are we ready to party? Are we ready to rock? We are alive on this earth. I want everybody to have the best time. Let's close 2020 out strong. Uh, so here, let's start it right here. Let's start it right now. Let's get into this. We're going to jam out to this next song, and then we're going to get into Chrissy Malazzo, and then I'll see you on the flip side. So yes, let's have a good time today. Chrissy Malazzo, here we go. Go shorty, shorty, go shorty, shorty, go. Go shorty, shorty, go shorty, shorty, go. I'll take you to go see Usher. Yeah, I keep a couple hope, like Santa. I keep 
praise. A lot of bread, no sesame seeds. If I'm in your city, I'm signing them Tinko Bindies. I'm plotting on how I can take Cassie away from Diddy. The first one on my nose, yeah, they weather than the rain. gentlemen my next guest uh needs no introduction but i'm going to give her one anyways she really is one of the funniest people that i follow on twitter one of the best writers i know out there and also just uh, putting all that aside she really has laser-like takes on all of these shows that we know and love i saw her recently post about real housewives of salt lake city she actually wrote fan fiction uh for the brooks character and i just i really <laughs> just fell in love with the fan fiction because I really, I create stories for that. Like, so I was so excited, like, I'm not even joking excited. I was like excited. I was like, oh my God, somebody wrote a novel about, like, it was really exciting <laughs> for me, which you guys need to check out. I'll put it in the uh, the info for the podcast. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, Chrissy, Chrissy Malazzo, how are you, Chrissy? Thank you so much. I'm great hearing that. That really makes me seem a lot more... Um... Not well adjusted, but <laughs> no, no, yeah. I don't wait, wait, wait. If I said you write fan fiction and then be like, <laughs> well, that makes me sound well adjusted. Yeah, that's the best I can do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I wrote for cultural fan fiction, a, a new website. Yeah, who runs um, that by the way? Because I, I noticed Chris Black did something today for them, and yeah, I don't know all the cool kids. Um, this guy Marshall, I talked to. Chris Black was the one who like connected me with them, but I had already like DM'd them and I was like, can I pitch you? <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, and they were like, we're, they kind of were like booked and I was like, okay, whatever. Like I'll still do it. And then Chris, um, messaged me. I was like, I saw you message the account. Like you should do it like now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so it worked out. Um, was the pitch, was the pitch like, like, let me give you two words, Brooks. Brooks. <laughs> well, actually, I they were like, yeah, so what are your ideas? And I'd been watching The Crown a lot. Um, <laughs> and so my first ideas all revolved around like I wanted to do, you know, the scene in Marriage Story when they're arguing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do Prince Charles and Diana to <laughs> from marriage. So, so they're just like, so Buckingham Palace is the shitty apartment. So instead of like punching a hole in the wall, he like punches, a, a, you know, like hundreds of year old brick and like has to go to the hospital but see that's what um, i want i want pop i want pop culture girl talk i want yeah. like mashups of just all like pop culture things that we know and love because same like that real house of salt lake you you brought into like the 
like, uh, uh, what was it? Blood, um, eyes wide shut, uh, <laughs> eyes wide shut and blood. I was just like, Oh my God, all of my favorite things are in one fan Cults. fiction thing, you know? Yeah. So I, so initially I wanted to do that, but then I think they just, there's so much Netflix content in the world. They were like, is there anything you want to do? That's not Netflix related. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because at first, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City was really exciting to me and very like refreshing. Yeah, and I think just because like Real Housewives of New York left a big hole in my heart, probably is why. But then um, lately, I've just been—I don't know if you feel the same way. But then last, I guess the premiere did a lot for me, and then this most recent episode, I was like, the Met Gala brunch peaked, but it was at the end, so I was just kind of like bummed. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying you did not like the last episode except for the Matt, Matt Keller brunch? Kind of, yeah. Like, it's strong beginning, but the middle was a lot of filler stuff. They just kind of, they premiered so hard out the gate. And I really, I wanted Brooks to have more of a storyline, obviously, because then I went and I wrote a fan fiction about it, which is supposed <laughs> to be deranged, by the way. There was, like, a small group of, like, woke Bravo fans who on Twitter were saying, like, one of the cultural fan fiction people showed it to me, but it, they were tweets saying like, I can't believe Brooks is getting his own fan fiction. Like this is unhinged. Like Brooks is, he's a misogynist. And I'm like, oh you can't God. call someone well, a misogynist. You had two lines. One. The, the Everybody, when he said he didn't like Jen Shaw's vagina, it really, it really <laughs> grabbed. Like I, I, I crack up when like, I mean, I know we're supposed to be learning things from everywhere and I am, and I'm really happy I'm learning things, but like, right. I didn't, I didn't think Brooks was like a completely complete misogynist. I just thought he was a kid with an attitude, you know? Yeah. And also he wants to be on the show. And I just like, I'm pretty over judging Bravo characters on a moral scale because obviously that's not what we're here for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm so... I can hate Ramona Singer for a variety of reasons and none of them need to be like outrage at her because she's that shitty of a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, only- I don't even need outrage at the housewives. I, I obviously like any people want them to be um, held accountable at the same time, though, when looking at reality television, I want them to be terrible people. Um, so it's just it's funny seeing like, and this was a very small subset of like Bravo super fans, but it's funny seeing people be like, Brooks is a misogynist. Like he doesn't deserve fan fiction. And like the fan fiction is about him being so bloodthirsty that he would murder. Yeah. And, but, and you, <laughs> like, I mean, you, you even got the manzos into it. The, the you know, <laughs> Albie and, um, the, well, okay. There, so that's interesting that that question of, you know, like I can, I just like Ramona Singer for so many reasons, but I still, I want her on the show. And like, Same. I'm even okay with Kelly, like Kelly Dodd, the, the, where my line is usually is like, I'm fine with watching Kelly Dodd. Cause I feel like she makes herself look like an idiot on OC. What right. scares me is that there's a subset of people that actually uh, take what she says and actually listens to it, which is shocking yeah. to me. That's where I get like, kind of like, Oh, I don't know if this is the best right now to like promote somebody this kind of, I guess, just to say right. dumb. But then where do you stand on, I'd be remiss if I didn't get your thoughts um, because I know this person means so much to you as, as, <laughs> as does to me, but like Jax Taylor, uh, right. depending on how you want to believe it, either chose nobly to end it to be a father <laughs> or he got let go uh, of Vanderpump mm. Rules. 
Isn't there a third option though, in which they're pitching a spinoff and their non-compete is probably expired or something to that effect? Like, isn't the third option that he's not a noble dad, nor did he get fired, but that they want to do a show with Kristen and Stassi and... I, yeah, I, I've been, I pushed a, no, I, don't, I mean, I pushed my theory a while back that somebody has been filming these gender reveals. And my theory was that I bet Rand ponied up some money or got his crew people to film these gender reveals because it seems kind of a waste, especially on Stassi's part. You only right. saw a very uh, uh, like tight shot of them getting married and they didn't even have sound in the background. So it kind of led me to believe like, are you guys filming all of these things to put together some sizzle reel? Cause you would be easily able to not use Lisa's name. You would never have to say Vanderpump and you're just kids that know each other and they're yeah. 30s having kids. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, someone texted me recently um, and said, and maybe I'm one, I'm can't figure out if it was my ex or if it was somebody else, but they said that um, <laughs> Jax was in, I think it was Brandon, but they said that Jax was, um, in a friend's retrospective, like, sort yes, of like I love the eighties. Yes. Yes, yeah. And true. like, I just haven't been keeping, I haven't listened to like any podcasts in so long. I've just been like, that's probably so healthy. That means like you're actually healthy. <laughs> no, nah, I've been on like a lot of weird, like, um, sort of physical therapy journeys lately. Consider I have like jaw teeth grinding problems. And so I've been on a lot of like these weird subreddits that incels frequent about like, <laughs> how to like alter your posture and like proper tongue suction within the mouth while you're chewing and stuff. Well, maybe, so, well, maybe we should get back to podcasts a little bit. Yeah. Like, so I haven't really had time. Bit. Um, it's not healthier though, but, um, yeah, Jax was on that friends retrospective and that alone gave me this just like sick feeling of like Jack's next, next career, his next steps, his evolution as like some fucking coked up like media commentator, you know what I mean? Dude, or like like, like VH1's best week ever with Jax Taylor or something, you know? And it was it's a like, fucking, it was a terrible week. It was honestly awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I was like, I was at Target uh, recently and I saw like just how much crap Friends has licensed out. Like, like yeah. a good section of Target is Friends stuff. And I was like, Jax must lose his fucking mind when he's here. Like, he's just like, I want that. I want that. He can't, he's not allowed to go to Target. <laughs> Yeah. Brittany's like, babe, I know you're not at Target again. <laughs> our tar- you went over our Target allowance. <laughs> <laughs> our Target um, card has a $2,000 balance. I can't do a Southern accent at all. Oh, it's I really don't even, bad. I, I don't, I try, I mean, I continue to do Brittany, but I can't do a Southern accent. So it just, <laughs> um, but okay. So you got, you know, we all got the news on Friday. Where were you when you got the news? Were you in a subreddit? Were you- <laughs> a day that will live in infamy. Um, it might've even been this weekend or something. I also have deleted Instagram. So I'm, I, I, you know, I get frustrated with Pete. I get, I mean, I I will say it like, I feel like I get frustrated with you because then it's like, (laughs) you know, you know, something that I like you, it just means you're like so much more secure in yourself than I am. And like, I just, Mm, it's like, I I just, you're younger than me. And I just feel like I have so much longer. Like I'm such a must be a young soul or something. And you've already figured out like secrets, you know? No, I just have a lot of emotional disturbance that can't, it can't be, it can, I can only contain it onto Twitter, but yeah, I think I was saw a tweet about Jack's being 
fired. And so I was like, okay, fired is a strong headline. But then yeah. when I read it, it was just like Jackson, Brit- Brittany announced that like, they're excited for the next chapter and they're done with Vanderpump Rules. So then that felt me, filled me with a darkness because I was like, I can't have a next chapter. And I was texting Laura and I was like, I will boycott the show. And she was like, I'm going to watch it. Come on. I actually will watch it more now than like with Jack. I, I just was I so tired. I thought it was so very like America. Like what? No, he she meant the spinoff. You know? Like she'll watch oh. the spinoff and like, yeah. obviously I'm going to, but I would like to believe that like, I don't want to support this fucking birthing pact and I don't want to watch La La anymore. Like I just, I was excited for the new blood. But how quickly we've forgotten Dana, you know? But they they really <laughs> messed up. But they they I they, I think they really messed up the new blood aspect of it. Like yeah. they interjected these characters that really didn't have any kind of DNA with anybody else, and so it just it really didn't make a lot of sense for me with the new people. Uh, and yeah, they pushed Dana so hard on us. They're like they gave her like these lead storylines with two dudes that didn't want to be involved with her, right. and we didn't know those two dudes either. Like, the yeah. big common theme was supposedly they both had big dongs, you know? That was a hard season. No pun intended. Yes. <laughs> on, the, on the big dongs. Well, it was good talking but... to you, Christy, and we'll uh, talk <laughs> to you next time. <laughs> so, um, I'm canceled. But, but also, the thing with Jack saying, like, we've chosen no longer like they, you know, they had very identical right. uh, Instagram posts. And in fact, Brittany had to change hers because she had copied and pasted Jax's <laughs> and forgot to change the first. So after the first five minutes, hers <laughs> changed, but it's like, also everybody knows how this PR game works. Now they have people that represent them. This is like a kind of a planned statement and uh, nobody any more goes like, fuck, like it would be really refreshing if Jax had come out and go, damn, I was hoping they would take me back. Obviously, it doesn't yeah, look like it's going to be my happen. year. That that would never happen. But how refreshing it would be! I have uh, I have some news that he had been fired, or he had been told he was not coming back months ago. Mm, yeah, I wonder. I it's tough to say because without like with our access to these people being filtered through. TV and filtered through social media. And there's sort of no, like before you would kind of hear, like I saw so-and-so at this bar and they were doing this, like so-and-so was being an ass at Toka Madera or whatever. Yeah. Um, but now there, we have nothing, there's no Intel. And like the Intel you do get, it's just kind of like, if anything, a delayed reaction, you know what I mean? If they did find out yeah. that they were getting the acts before what I don't understand is how the show could go on, but I would like to take a moment and just congratulate <laughs> the fans of Vanderpump rules for basically ending the show. <laughs> we did it. We did it. I mean, no, for real. I, but also like, I'm, I guess I'm kind of at peace with that. Like, I don't think everything should last forever. And yeah. with like Salt Lake, I was so impressed the first couple episodes that I was like, I've said this many times. Like I can love again. Like I can let people into my heart. Like I don't need like Vanderpump rules was a very, like, it was like a time and place thing. I'll always have fond memories. And those first couple seasons, I will always be able to watch with pride, you know? Yeah. And like they, um, the real houses of Salt Lake city. I think this writer that I follow who writes for New York magazine, Doreen St. Felix, I want to say it's, that's her full name, but I might be getting wrong what the middle initial stands for. But anyway, she, um, had tweeted like they're, they're real students of the genre, you know, like you can yeah. tell yeah. watching it that 
they've studied, they've done the work and they're bringing an energy to it of being like, this is how I'm going to serve you what you want. And I'm getting that from Brooks. (laughs) So I just need to let, I want Bravo to let them run freer. You know what I mean? Like release. I've seen Mary's fucking tweets and she's tweeting just videos of her with like music in the background, just looking at stuff, literally looking at screens, her apology for her, the bad hair. And so I'm like, let that, let that have some air, you know, like don't let the editing of Vanderpump rules be a lesson in too much of a heavy hand. No disrespect to the editors, but. No, I mean, I, I, if anything, I think the editors, even when like Mary was painted so batshit crazy, they really managed to, or they at least in the third episode really tried to humanize her yeah. uh, and the grand uh, step grandfather's relationship. Like by the end, I was like, <laughs> by the end, I was like, well, it might not be that bad of a thing. Like it's, it's it seems interesting, you know, like they, yeah. they humanized her to a degree where I was like, okay, because they knew like it was very smart producing and editing where they, they knew they had to like, and then this past episode, Jen was so batshit crazy that they had to kind of interject the dead father and yeah. how much that took a toll. I think they realize even, you know, just how we like these characters or any kind of reality show characters, how far they can go before they actually need to humanize, you know? Yeah. Bravo fans are we're here for the whole package. We don't want to see the tip of the iceberg. We want to see the trauma. I love your I love service. your very mature like you're like I will take a boring episode if it means more colors, realistic colors throughout. Is that kind yeah, of what you're saying? Yeah, I'll take like sort of boring basic storylines in the middle if I can get someone saying how good the champagne was because of how many people died in a heat wave. Oh, that, <laughs> like, I mean, that was amazing. <laughs> it really is a good year. And then I was like I it was so vivid that I was just like, that's so real, that comment that I was like, I can almost taste it. Like, I can yeah. almost taste that champagne. I I felt like I was there dying in the heat wave with all of those poor souls who <laughs> the, gave their lives. The, the sad thing is I would have been one of those people dying, you know? <laughs> like, I would have been one of those people. Um, Wait, so before we put an end to Vanderpump Rules discussion, um, I just want to hear from you what's yeah. your updates on the universe and things that you've heard because Great I've only question. Great question. everything that I've heard has been so limited in terms of like I've gotten bits and pieces from the small amounts of yeah. sexy unique podcasts I've listened to but that's really it so I'm out I mean, in the desert God I just I was I'm now I'm blending genres I was watching Red Table Talk today because of that uh, goofball uh, Lori Laughlin's daughter that uh you know, that USC crisis. But anyways, I was just like, I just had this fantasy of me being on Red Table Talk, taking the <laughs> through Vanderpump Rules. And they're like, Ryan, let me ask you, what do you see on the horizon for Vanderpump Rules? I preface this with- I'm Jada Pinkett Smith right now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, she's looking at me so intensely. She really is Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, I think that, uh, okay, I want to preface this by saying the fact that I'm that I've, that I've thought this much about it and had this many people reach out to me in the last couple of days shows more sadness for my life than anything that could ever be sad for Jax or any of the Vanderpump Rules kids. But what I will say is that I think Jax is completely lying. There's no TV project. The TV project that he is pushing is the Watch Us Raise Kids. He's hinted at that for like the last six months. So I think that's really what he... Uh, Watch Us what, Race? What, what? What did you say? Watch Us What Kids? Oh, watch us raise kids. Oh, I thought you said watch us raise his <laughs> kids. I was like, 
Wait, what if I was like, watch us race kids? It's or watch us race. It's a Jeffrey Epstein kind of thing. Right. Uh, I thought it was either racist kids or you were saying they would literally like race to raise their children, which actually I'm here for if it's a competition and getting your child to certain milestones, like chewing, walking. Yeah. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> well, somebody, I mean, by the way, I feel like I'm writing my fan fiction now. R- racist kids. Vanderpump Unethical Rules. experiments by the Vanderpump Rules <laughs> pass on child development. Uh, Jax, what are you doing to our kid? That's my Brittany, <laughs> see? <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> so, so I think that's what they're trying to pitch. Like Jax is so bad at like, like he he's kept hinting this, hinting at this, but in Jax, like, I just love the the little things that you pick up on from him. Like on that post, he was like deleting comments left and right of like people <laughs> like, I want, thank God you're gone. And then like somebody wrote like, you are the best reality show character in re- reality show history. And he was like, I don't know about all that, but we've had a good time, haven't we? And he's just like, that's such a Jack's thing of just to be in like, try to be humble at the the certain moments. of like, look how humble I'm being. Jax is going to uh, run for some sort of office at some point i think undoubtedly (laughs) it must it well i mean that was like another thing like tracy morrissey like like they're not even they were talking about voting they're not even registered to vote in los in california yeah it's i mean the it's interesting that they even try to say i say this with love but vanderpump rules fans have proved themselves to be unhinged investigators with extremely high standards for the burden of proof <laughs> for posting in a Facebook group <laughs> or on Reddit. So I just find it fascinating that they continue to lie or obscure information when it comes to basic shit um, because it's bound to be revealed. <laughs> like the truth, yeah. the lesson, the doty lesson of the show is the truth will come out and just stop with if, if I were them, I would be doing, I'm sure they're NDA to hell and the gag orders are like crazy. But if I were them, I would be trying to have a ghostwriter whip me up a little tell all about being on the show. You know, well, supposedly like, Jax has a book deal, which shocks me after because he he posted one Instagram where he had a, a uh, he took a picture of his bookshelf and it was like Stassi's <laughs> book. Stasi's book and a couple other like basic like it was like the friends trivia book or something and and he literally wrote on his the bible for dummies he goes his instagram story goes all of these words and they want me to write a book i wonder if i could do it and like he like i mean no no he can't but like you can put pictures but a ghostwriter i'm available i can write the book well that's a great question would you uh, would you write Jackson? Would you be Jackson's yes. ghostwriter? Really? Absolutely. I would probably, really? um, yeah, a hundred percent. Ooh, this is good fan fiction. What if you then fell in love with Jax? <laughs> There's gold like, through in those telling his story, Through telling his story, you fell in love with Jax. Yeah, and you that's started a great... this weird romance. And I know your, your boyfriend and Brittany, like they would like find out like, through yeah, them. it would be so crazy. Like love letters. Yeah. And then we could, the four of us, me, my boyfriend, Jax, and Brittany could raise their child in sort of a co-op situation. Oh, kind of like uh, what I think the vow was potentially leading up to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I would write Jax's book. I mean, if when it comes to any sort of ghostwriting, I feel like moral 
implications are sort of, you have to throw them out if you're compelled by the subject, but I know nothing about this. So, but I just imagine that writing ghost writing for Jack's I would get a lot of free cocaine. I would just be doing yeah. tons of drugs. I would never have to do a drug again. Not that I have to do drugs, but like drugs would no longer interest me because I would go through this almost like um uh boot camp like experience of doing coke. So That's it's I mean it really is. I mean I'm this, interested. Well, <laughs> and this is where I interject myself into it because then you come on the podcast again and I I say something mean about Jax and you say something like Hey, he's not that bad of a guy. You should chill out. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what is, wait, what, what did you just say? Also, I, I, yeah, I would do it in on. secret. I would definitely do it in secret. And then I would like go on Twitter and I would be like some personal news when the book was announced. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anybody's aware, but I've met the love of my life. Yeah. And yeah. Things have um, changed. So anyway, yeah. So Stasi, I believe has the most chance of having an actual TV project. She, her fan base mm-hmm. is still weirdly insane for her. Yeah. Uh, I think Jax and Brittany, like, I really think they, I mean, you could see like the Wii TV, maybe like a, like a marriage boot camp or something, but I don't really think there would be a lot of demand for them uh, without a bunch of other people surrounding them. Like, I feel like Dodie's done. Yeah. Like, like Dodie's t-shirt line, I hope is like <laughs> going to pay the, I mean, like, I hope they make some deal with the old Navy or something and it, like it sets her up for life, but um, there, yeah. I don't see them doing it, but I do see, I, be, I believe the information is Vanderpump rules will start production in the spring. Even Andy Cohen said yesterday on his show that he's very excited. They still have, uh, Sandoval, Ariana, Lala, which I was shocked that he said, and some new people. And he said, I'm really excited for new blood and to see what happens. And then he kind of like Katie and Tom, are they out? Well, I mean, he, he no, I mean, I don't, they he just I didn't mention them. I don't think Tom's out at all because I think it will really heavily rely on Tom Tom. Right. Um, but I, at this point, I'm, I was kind of fine with the show being done. But then when Jack's got fired, I was like, oh, I think I could watch the show again. Like, I don't know. I think I just yeah. got so pissed at Jack's by the end for weird reasons. I do think that Tom and Ariana have a tendency to devote more to the show in a weird way by being like, I, I just find them more. Um, genuine in their willingness to like participate in discussions with other people. Whereas Jackson, Brittany are always like dramatically shutting things down and doing these things that are real like blockers for making a good show. So even if Tom and Ariana are like the older people on the show and they're more stable and mentally healthy, (laughs) which it seems like by all accounts, they definitely are. Like, I feel like they, they provide a good baseline for television because they're willing to argue with other people, discuss things with other people, like do the sort well, of they, like they, they, moments. They kind too. of accept that where we are in the world right now. And I've always known them to be on the show and they were just very open to, to everybody. And like, the thing is like Ariana had two of the best moments of last season but there were two of the darker moments was one when he was talking, she was talking to Sandoval and she was crying. She's like, why am I even, these would not be my friends in real life. Why, <laughs> why like, cause like they were all like, why doesn't she share and Stassi? And it's like, why, you know? And then all the girls were saying, well, they think they're better than us. And I'm like, I don't think they think that, but like in a way they kind of, uh, they kind of are in a lot of ways. They're way more yeah. open in their thought processes. They're way more, they don't like just lock people out. Like they don't like randomly cheat, like with abandon. And I think that really triggered a lot of the old time pump castmates 
who still wanted to kind of relish in being assholes. Yeah, it's a tough it's tough because it's like I it's hard to have a show like Vanderpump Rules survive like the identity politics era, I think, because it's difficult. These people are always going to try to please others and entertain others, but really like have people on their side. You know what I mean? At all costs. And sometimes having people on your side means being fake woke. And sometimes it means being genuine. And so, But like the calculus has become so complicated for them. They don't have the same energy as like a real housewives of New York where they truly do not give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like they are rich. <laughs> they're so they locked. They're locked other, into who yeah, they are. They have other yeah. stuff going on. And even when they're younger, like even when Leah came in, and Leah came in as someone who has written stuff about like against Wild the women's things, march yeah, and shit, yeah. but then was on the show sort of being like, you guys are fucking dinosaurs. And you had that tension being spoken to directly versus on Vanderpump Rules. It was all couched in this sort of like um, your pastor is a bigot. I'm bisexual, whatever. But then th there were no stakes is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Know, I, I don't know how to. Real Houses in New York has higher stakes because we know that they're never going to change in some regard. Well, I don't know how to explain it. Well, but... Vanderpump Rules also had make-believe stakes because it was like, right. what, are you going to fire me for my fake bar job? Yes, yes, yeah. And in Real Houses of New York, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say is they have real, real-life stakes. They're doing real, real-life things. Vanderpump Rules, we're still you're still trying to get us to believe that what? <laughs> like, they have to work together bartending that Stassi's actually writing this book like just yeah. give us the give us what their lives actually are now and I would hope that the next season would lean into the tension of actual production um yes, they, they probably see, will like, never do that but. no see that was my thing was like wouldn't you have killed to like like that's when cameras should have started rolling without any of those people is in the Vanderpump Rules production office the day they had to let Stassi go of them yeah. reframing the show of trying to find like that actually is fascinating to me. Like those kind right. of calls of like, wouldn't you love to see the call like two jacks from his agent of saying they're not renewing the <laughs> option? Like, when, I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, I need some kind of, I said this, uh, I need a WikiLeaks for Bravo. Like, I just I need think, a, yeah. an email dump. I think no show that's going to have Jackson Brittany involved or Stassi involved will be anything but a redemption tour. And that's the last thing I want to watch not even necessarily from a moral standpoint, but mostly because it's fucking boring. I don't want to watch you try to raise your kid and look the best that you possibly can for your Instagram followers. I want to watch you actually struggle as a parent and deal with the fact that your kid is going to have to live with the fact <laughs> that you called the police on. So, you know what I mean? Like, but that's not going to happen. They're not going to make that show. They're just going to make shows that make them look good. And those are the most boring shows in the world. Hence why yeah. like Real Houses in New York is still watchable to me because it's not about coming off getting the best edit that you can possibly get. Like they do deliver. And and that's probably why Real Houses of Salt Lake City is exciting to me because they all sort of want to get a good edit, but can't because their world is so fucking bizarre. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, episode four, this is called Roaring Emotions because, you know, we're doing a Roaring Twenties party, which is <laughs> one of the weirder Roaring Twenties parties I've seen because we talked uh, last week and it was a place called Prohibition that 
there's a secret, you know, password and door that you walk through and it's very exciting to Whitney. Uh, but what I loved is that Whitney had like a 30 person party and they had left the bar open to other patrons. So <laughs> was that what that was? Yes. If you notice, you'll see oh, yeah, they party had a and then you'll see all these people like just wanting <laughs> and like that's that's my dream is to walk into something like that as just a non person. That's how I'm going to do my wedding. I'm going to just do a, <laughs> a bottle service area for my close friends and family and then just open up the pit. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to go. Like, oh, so, <laughs> well, I mean, this is exciting. So I get to find out what you think about the characters. What do you think of Whitney? Um, Whitney is probably my second favorite to marry because I love Whitney's confessionals. Mary's your favorite. Wow. Okay. Wait, to watch. Yeah, yeah. To watch. Whitney is amazing because all her confessionals are like <laughs> she's like so clearly like coached and trying and she's like you might think that as a former mormon i wouldn't be into strip clubs but yeah. i'm up on the pole <laughs> yeah, yeah she's always she like that she goes and then my i was a perfect mormon and then my boyfriend gave me a beer and i drank it <laughs> And I realized everything in my life might be a lie. You know, it was really cool. Like she's so she's, cartoonish and like slow speaking, and I love it. Like she's kind uh, yes. of the bimbo of the show, but she's she seems very like sweet and genuine. I do want to know more about like the strip aerobics happening in her life, and obviously her dad is like that. Is I want to go on that journey as far as it'll take me, and I feel bad because he obviously is genuinely suffering. Think, but yes. Is, have has anyone figured out if his hair is a wig or if it's real? Uh, I was hearing real. People have wow. really gone on saying wow. that like I, I can see scalp. And I thought that was like so yeah. the fact that we're diving into these shows so intensely that we see scalp, I think it's just so interesting about the viewers more than the show. But I just love him because he sounds like he he's like Oh, Whitney, I haven't been to church in a while. It's real nice. It's real, it's real nice. Whitney. You know, like, and I love that. And he's like crying at Mary's church, which by the way, Mary does not impress me as a pastor. Like she does not have a strong pastor voice. Mm. She's like, Oh God. Like it's like a weak voice for being a pastor. Huh? I felt the opposite. I felt like I was on board and I wanted to go to the, her wireless gold microphone. It looks like one of those like microphones you used as a kid that would make the echo noises. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, oh, do you mean the microphone I put on my Christmas list to my mom this year? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, I I also was reading on Reddit like today because I was scrambling before this to be like, what is what does the Reddit community think about this? Because <laughs> um, I'm so out of touch, which is out of touch for me is just two weeks without the Daily Mail. But um, wait, 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 wait. Why aren't you doing the Daily Mail? I do that like 10 times a day. You, you, you're not doing that either? Anymore yeah, I just kind of Instagram? stopped looking at the Daily oh, Mail. <laughs> I found God through Mary's congregation. Oh my God. Remotely. I don't know if I could do I, the daily. I, I'd give up Instagram before daily mail. I like to once a week, I like to Google Ariana Grande and see where that takes me. Cause that usually gives me a general sense of what's going on in the world because every Ariana Grande article links out to some larger thing <laughs> that's Dude, going on. I, and that's how I that, sort of tumble the daily mail. Well, cause like they're they're They love the, they love the phrase taught tummies which I yeah. always love to see. But then I saw, like, I caught on to this the last year. If you ever go back to it, start counting how many times they, and a headline will say, Colin Farrell has an amazing body. 
Like they're always like <laughs> Colin, Fa- like they did it yesterday. They're like Colin Farrell's spectacular guns on display in Los Angeles. And like yes. they've constantly, and I've never thought of Colin Farrell in terms of like in shape, like maybe good looking, but like his publicist never- is, you know, pounding the pavement <laughs> to get fascinated. Like, I'm like, who's the person over the last year that just loves Colin Farrell's arms? Like, I love know? to see what everyone's flaunting. Dua Lipa's yes. flaunt, yeah, is flaunting. The I like are to- flaunting, yeah. Yeah, I like to see who's flaunting what. That usually gives me even like dark stuff. Like the Daily Mail will be like Ghislaine Maxwell flaunts prison stay. <laughs> like they don't give a fuck. So I, mean, I usually thing- I'll Google Ariana Grande and then I'll let things unfold from there and I'll I'll look at what else is on the Daily Mail. But I can't look at it every day anymore. But anyway, I forget. Oh, Mary, <laughs> Mary. Um, I heard on Reddit that I read that her. Uh, church audio, like some sort of recording of her church leaked and it was like really crazy, but I don't know in what way. I assume like there might've been like tongues or something like. Well, that the, the thing I, I mean, yeah, she was speaking in tongues. I did hear that, but I, I the thing with that, I'm like, I don't think she's going to make it past the first season because I think this is highlighting, if anything, how much money she's spending of her church's money on like $1,100 <laughs> Louis Vuitton AirPods, you know? like Yeah, I wonder where the, if her grandma was rich because the church or if her grandfather, step-grandfather, sorry, um, was yeah, rich. Fact- I also recently watched um, a show called Three Three Girls, One Husband or Three Women, One Husband. Um <laughs> On Netflix, that's a BBC documentary about modern Mormons living on like the oh. side of a rock. Um, Hell yeah. And they, that was a great one because one of the guys on there, spoiler alert, his, he's already married to three women who are all furious with him all the time. He's like a horrible husband. <laughs> he's nice. a dork. And his uh, brother dies and then he's going to take on his brother's wives. So that sort of primed me for the Mary thing. And by the time I got there, I was like, you know, yeah, it's not that weird. Like it's been done before Mormons. And that kind of connects her to this like fundamental Mormonism anyway, in terms of marrying, um, marrying family members to some. I like, but I like that it normalizes it where you're just like, it's so hard to find love. Normalize marrying your grandpa. If if anybody can find love, I mean, just go for it. But like, I'm more thinking of like, I've heard, I've read so many things now of former church members accusing Mary of like embezzling and all of this stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I haven't been down that road. That's fascinating. Yeah. I I, I feel like these shows, they always like want to glamorize their wealth. And I don't think they ever think it through. Like even like Erica Jane and Tom, this, you know, like all this stuff can like be submitted into court. Like all these things of you thinking you're flaunting wealth is usually going to be used against you in the end. I wonder if, I mean, obviously no one's learned from Teresa and Joe Giudice. Joe Giudice famously said on Watch What Happens Live, if he hadn't gone on the show, he wouldn't have gotten put in jail. And it was the best moment of Andy's life. And Andy was like, actually the birth of my son. And Joe was like, yeah, right. (laughs) Um, So I feel like no one's learned their lesson. and, And you're right. She probably will end up in prison and that will be fascinating. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I like her as a character and I'm going to be sad yeah. to see her go if she ever goes. Cause she really provides like, I just, she is a great character. Um, 
so the club is packed and the whole thing about this this first scene is really just to get jen shaw confronting meredith her friend because she found out meredith went to mary's church with whitney and her dad and jen is like generally is trying to get in the housewife olympics uh, immediately (laughs) she's like screaming you're with the grandpa fucker and like she's like literally just cannot be calmed down and people are like not wanting to make eye contact with her like heather's like uh i'll only go over there if she makes eye contact with me i'm gonna let them figure it out like nobody can calm jen down yeah i wanted a little more context there they did give us some background from um heather heather was saying like jen will freak out and all you can do is like say like yes it's okay it's okay even when you know she's wrong and everybody has friends like that so that Mm -hmm. like you know, that was relatable (laughs) in terms of like, (laughs) so-and-so is drunk, like better, you know, walk away. But I, I felt like there has to be even more to the Mary situation than the smells like hospital gate, (laughs) the hospital smell. I love how they also like how Carrie and Lara always say like in hospital, like British people, that's how Mary (laughs) they talk about. They doesn't smells like the hospital smells like hospital. Um, yeah, I just, I felt like there's more there than the argument. Cause Jen was so, and I understand she was drunk, but she was coherent. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. She was totally coherent. I mean, the, I mean, she, she was able to keep yelling grandpa fucker. She was able to like, <laughs> yell, like cause like Lisa came over and tried to calm her down. Meredith removed herself from the situation that I mean, Meredith is very. I don't know if I see. I'm not. I'm not engaging. I'm yes. disengaging. Disengaging, and I, was I like, will no longer engage. <laughs> but how powerful to use engage and then disengage? Like it was like I was like, wow, that's like you're using both that like engage and disengage. Very powerful yeah. statement. And to I just did want to know Meredith's way with words. Like I love how her intro is like, jealousy is a disease. To which I say. <laughs> get well soon. And it's as if like jealousy came up and was like, do you have any comment? <laughs> like, what, what do you say? What do you say to jealousy? Um, well, jealousy called earlier this week and it was very interesting with it. Yeah. Um, she speaks uh, in a very confounding way at all times. So I appreciate that. Um, it's like, there's like a, there's like a, it's like a little bit of like Nicole Kidman and the undoing <laughs> with like, it's very, like, I almost want to see Seth, her estranged husband, murder somebody just to see how she yeah. handles it, you know? Yeah, those are the vibes. I mean, Brooks is obviously my, the my money's on Brooks for a murder, but. <laughs> well, I mean, she, the, the way I really was enraged when Brooks was telling the mom of like, you will not be doing that sleepover with Jen Shaw. And, and you have embarrassed me and poor Chloe. I do not want Chloe to hear this. And I was just like, um, excuse me, sir. You are not the parent. I am. The, and like, I wanted that moment for <laughs> Meredith and I hope she gets that by the end of the season of like telling Brooks to like, go back to school. I don't need you. Yeah. anymore. You know, get a job, stay away from her. <laughs> and also what the fuck is happening at Best Buy? Like I said that last week, like, I don't know why that was like, they're like me and Chloe are going to Best Buy now. And it seemed like it was like <laughs> nine at night. Like, is that like a, club in utah i love the way you say the way you say best buy is not best buy but best buy (laughs) i I feel like that's the operative word i mean like (laughs) it's about the buying okay it's about (laughs) capitalism you think it's about the best like yeah (laughs) um Uh, gone off the rails but yeah sorry sorry sorry. so the the fight um was enough for me as a start of the episode, but then I feel like they really sucked out all the drama, like 
immediately. You know what well, I mean? Like she left. Jen they immediately, went right to the car. like she she screams and she's like calling her husband. And then Heather has to get involved. And like Heather is very funny. She's just like, yeah, just look for a flapper. Look for somebody dressed in a yeah, flapper the dress with cankles. And I was like, that's a great. Like what a what a funny like she has a really good a healthy view of herself like self deprecating but in a good way I think and yeah. and then Jen like Sharif picks her up her husband and I just I don't know it like was one of those things of like oh you know like oh sometimes it's I'm okay with being single you know like when I saw <laughs> Jen like wigging out I was like oh okay like that you know like. I'm not having to pick up anybody freaking out, you know? Yeah, that was a very sweet moment for me, like watching. Oh, I love to watch a, a fully sober guy come collect like a drunk. I could almost like I could put myself in that situation being the one crying. Only I would definitely have a cigarette. And then <laughs> your partner comes and collects you and tells you that you're right. And then the yeah, next day you realize that's what I was wrong. saying, like. Wouldn't you want like that's the kind of shit I wish Bravo would let us pay for? Like, yeah, give me give me that conversation with Sharif and Jen, just the audio of the of the car ride home. <laughs> of the car like, ride home, over being like, let, babe, you don't understand. Yeah, we got like a bit of it, but then that this is where the episode kind of then like, like just kind of crashes for me because then after this, it was just talking about that for the rest of the episode. Oh my god, wait, just real quick, Mary's fashion in this. I just like, I don't know. Like I, so on Instagram, I, I posted that she looked like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie ET, but yes. ET, uh, there's a scene where, uh, ET is dressed in like Drew Barrymore's like hand-me-downs and like, <laughs> and it looks, looks like a hobo ET, you know? And, and it's like, it's like ill-fitting clothes. And like, it looked like Mary, like it looked a little like yeah. Mary and I wasn't. And then somebody said I was being racist for that. And I was like, I don't, Huh. I didn't mean like because ET's dark skin. I meant like because it's like crappy. Like the clothes are ill fitting. You know, ET doesn't have darks. Maybe I'm confusing ET with Baby Yoda. Yeah, um, I can't speak to the level of racistness there, but I don't no, no, think that just really tracks that for me. Like, <laughs> it didn't, no, it didn't. I mean, people like shot that that person down, but it was one of those weird things of like, no, I'm making fun of the horrible clothing. Like she's saying, yeah, they're amazing clothes, but they're always so ill fitting. You know. She, well, I would like to call attention once again to her video where she apologizes for her hair, like being because her her wig is always sort of off kilter in a chaotic way, from from yeah. what I can tell. And it's kind of doing a dramatic side bang all the time. And it comes down in the front. Um, and she took to Twitter to apologize for this by posting a video of her just looking around. And then there's like a song in the background that I forget. But uh, yeah, I don't, there's some sort of, she does have a, a like, I don't know another way to say this, but like a sage witch vibe. But she's yeah, a there, church elder, so she is in some ways a mystic. There, <laughs> you is know? Like a, there is a little bit of like Stevie Nicks in there. Yeah, a Mary Kate. I I get Mary Kate Olsen from her. Dodie, like I yeah, get like Dodie, and large... Dodie would appreciate. Dodie would appreciate it. But... <laughs> we need to hook up her and Kristen for a collab. Well, oh my God, Dodie loves comment. Like you, you're missing out on Instagram. Dodie is commenting on like like somebody. It was uh, one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills ladies. And I looked down at the comment. It was like, you go girl heart from Dodie last week. And yes. I was like, is she just going on Bravo stars and just commenting to stay? She should be the next real housewife on whatever. Just fly her out to Salt Lake and put her right. Put her on there. <laughs> Get I, want her her on the MTV. I, want, I want her on MTV's The Challenge. I want to see her. Doing I'll watch like Dodie on anything. Like 
And I'm, I'm sorry that I will. The, the one thing I'll try to resist is watching a show in which Stassi just like dominates her again. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, but Kristen's wanting to be dominated. I, know, I feel like she I invited know. that force back into her life. Yeah. She's not um, statistic. I do got to like hats off to Mary for like, she literally in this scene was called grandpa fucker so many times. And her reaction, <laughs> her, her reactions are like, she doesn't like ever do anything about it, but she's like, well, oh, when you marry your step-grandfather, I think we've seen that at this point she's used to dealing with the flack that that will get you because, and then it, I forget if it's in this episode or the next or the one before it, but is this the episode where she explains how she avoided fucking him for the first yeah. couple Yeah, the first weeks? week she said she was on her period for a month and then the yeah. step-grandfather kept checking in. Of like, he was like, still? And then she said she prayed to God and God made it okay. And then I was like, Ooh. there's no way God said it was okay. Like we must either God doesn't exist or they're wildly misinterpreting <laughs> what God's telling people. You know, like we blame him for the wildest shit. Like it's like there's no, no way in God scripture, said in like the old testament or something. Hey, Bible heads, <laughs> look this up. Um, there because <laughs> of watching this other Mormon show that I watched, I know that somewhere in the Bible it says, like, if a man dies, he's supposed to take his brother's wife or whatever. Or I mean, if a woman, you know what I'm saying? Somebody dies, yeah, yeah, yeah. you take the partner's wife, but it's in favor of the man. And it's I know classy. this is like old school stuff, but that's the sort of Mormons, fundamental Mormons love that shit. They love to look yes. at the scripture and take it literally. Um, and Mary, it seems, has that in common with the Mormons. So I'm more interested in her being praised by these Mormons for this weird <laughs> behavior. Well, you feel it should be more celebrated. I think they um, should celebrate it because, but there obviously a lot of them are not Mormon and they're all saying they're Mormon 2.0 and whatever, but I'm interested in the Mormon community embracing Mary's grandpa, step grandpa fucking. I love also, the, Yeah. The Mormon my boyfriend pointed out that her son, then his, isn't his grandfather also his dad. Or his great grandfather is also his dad, right? Oh, you just gave me vertigo. Because he, if that's Mary's grandfather that she married and then she had a child with him, that would make the son, that's his step grandfather by marriage or step great grandfather, sorry. And, but it's also his own <laughs> biological father. So that's one to think about when you're high. <laughs> <laughs> next time you smoke sleep. a weed <laughs> smoke a weed wow hey. i'm really out of it <laughs> pass me that joint man have you pass ever me thought a weed. about <laughs> pass me a weed thing um so anyways we just had that i just love that line though just like before we get to the next scene jen says that's fine go hang out with weird ass mary cosby who married her fucking grandpa that was like her exit <laughs> line and she had already kept saying it so it was wild um so which next What's that? True. I said yeah, true. Totally. And also I love how they were all like, if like Whitney was like, if I were or Heather said, if I were married to my grandfather, I wouldn't want people to mention it. And Whitney was like, I don't care if you're married to your grandfather. That's just rude. And I was like, I don't think etiquette handbooks have anything to say about this, but no, it on. was weird. Like Whitney was like, we get it, but why say like, they, it was very <laughs> interesting. Like it was very pro uh, marrying your grandfather, you know, yeah. a lot of these ladies reactions. <laughs> so the next day we have like this, like, you know, one of those split uh, scenes where it's like, what did you think of the 1920 party? What did you think <laughs> of it? Like, so like Meredith is relaying to Brooks what happened. And I was so proud of Brooks for not giving an opinion. 
Like <laughs> she just was able to say something and Brooks kind of just listened. Brooks and is like, I, yeah, like he didn't even make like any kind of weird face or anything, I don't think. Um, Meredith says, well, Jen needs to apologize for the way she spoke to me. Um, and then back to Mary, who's talking to Lisa Barlow. Uh, Mary goes, I think she has a problem with me because she wants to be the big dog. So Mary right. thinks there's a big dog competition between her and Jen Shaw. So they're both Who big is dogs. the number one guy in this group. Yes, exactly. Like it's very, oh, do you know that later on in the season, they shot it, I don't know if it airs, is that Lala and Katie Maloney are in an episode of Real Houses of Salt Lake City. Or they shot a scene with them. Wow. Um, I hope that it's like good and it's not like those fucking forced promos they do where it's like Sheena and Lala do a song for the movie like a boss and they're like, yeah, oh. wow, I can't believe I'm at the movies about to see this movie like a boss. It cuts a commercial. <laughs> goes, like a boss. <laughs> like a boss. <laughs> like a boss. That was such a great yeah. 30 seconds. Oh, beautiful. Um, actually, yeah. So I, I hope it actually is like that. <laughs> But yeah, so, La- I did wonder about Lala's perspective because this is her stomping grounds, right? She's from well, Utah. no, uh, well, yeah, uh, and so is Katie Maloney is from Sussex, right? Yeah, right. so like, but could you imagine like getting Lala like, oh, girl, you married your step grandfather? Yeah, <laughs> like, I basically married my daddy. <laughs> yeah, that's what my song "Boys" about. Um, Ooh. <laughs> so uh Lucy oh. Meredith goes to a gallery run by her friend Marin. Uh I love like I just don't have any like I just love like these rich older people like have friends that work at like galleries and stuff. Like like the closest I have is like Spencer's gifts. Like I used to look at the posters there and stuff, like but I didn't know. I'm very confused by the uh the Utah scene because when Jen Shaw is on screen. She always has like a gaggle of like 40 girls and gays. You know what yeah, I mean? The, and the, her party the felt... squad, yeah. Right. And then like, ugh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Utah. Like I need a better lay of the land because if in some scenes, it feels like it's some sort of like gay Mecca. <laughs> and then in others, it yeah. feels like it's a suburban outpost. And um, yeah, I just, I, if any, if any of your fans <laughs> want to Go ahead and write in and give me some clarity on what the fuck yeah, Salt Lake is like. As well as the swinger community. If any uh, listeners are what from the swinger community the swinger in Utah, thing? it seems like a very prevalent swinger community that's very underground. Uh, so I feel like Whitney says she's not a part of the swinger community, but I feel like that's what you would say. But I feel like we've heard nothing about it. Was there, was that explained at all? Because I feel like she just keeps saying, I'm not a swinger. No, because Lisa, Lisa Barlow, uh, when, when Whitney said, Hey, your staff with Vita Tequila drank all of our booze. And she then called her and said, I'm, I'm going to tell people you're a swinger. If you keep spreading this around. Oh, okay. I don't know how I like, that they they need to dig into that more. I need more. I think they will. I think. Well. Yeah. I, and I, yeah. So um, Meredith says. Uh, so she's looking at the artwork, <laughs> and there's some really interesting artwork they're showing. There's one of like the Midsummer Bear. Uh, <laughs> there's like a bear that looked like from the end of Midsummer, and it was uh, really every you know in the art the gallery is like, Ooh, this is a nice one. And then Lisa keeps asking if she can touch the paintings. I felt that. (laughs) I mean, I get it. Like, why keep asking? Like, it just feels like a test for at some point, you know? Well, she just, at one point she just says like, can I touch it? And then she just touches it. And like the gallery woman was like, Oh, look at you. You touch her. You're just my toucher. She goes, goes, you're my toucher. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I Uh, felt like, 
I felt related to that. Wow. My brain is mush. <laughs> I, I felt related, related to that. To that. Uh, uh, you take lady, it from here. <laughs> the lady leaves them so they can have a conversation and she leaves, leaves them with, let me go get you guys a soda, which I just think is yeah. very Utah. And <laughs> so this whole scene is Meredith saying, I don't want you to get upset, but I got to tell you bad news. I'm splitting. Me and Seth are splitting, but we're dating each other, which um, Lisa is very sad because she loves both of them. But she's like, then Meredith goes, but we're dating each other. And she's like, I love that. I love that. Oh my God. I love that. Like, she's like so positive. Like, that's so romantic. Yes. And yeah, that was the first like real human moment I got from Lisa because the rest of the time she's always just like, I can't stand her. You're a swinger. I hate that. And I her voice is so back in her throat. Every meal. Her voice is so Bell. back in her throat. Like, it's like, yeah, I can't do oh. it, but it's very... I wanted to say that she sounds, she says a lot of words like Kathy Wakili from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh. She, they have the same sort of like gravelly, sexy voice and they say certain words the same. Um, and yeah, I honestly, like, I couldn't tell if her excitement about the dating was like genuine or if it's like, you're trying to be there for your friends. So you're like, that's great. Like, yes, <laughs> that's so cool. You're dating your husband. <laughs> and then I, well, what do you think about Seth? Because I really didn't think of Seth as anything, but like Meredith, like now in her Instagram post is acting like he, you know, he's like the cat's pajamas. I thought Seth was kind <laughs> of annoying and he looked like super sweaty and out of it. And they're seen at like when they were at a restaurant a couple weeks ago. He's no Harry Dubin. That's for sure. He I doesn't mean, have like, the charisma of a Harry Dubin. <laughs> that says a lot. Like, I just don't like, I don't know. I, I mean, supposedly they're together now. They call right. off the, the divorce proceedings, but yeah, like Lisa was like, just if there's any way you can make it work, make it work. Which I think is always like the most ridiculous thing you can say to somebody getting out of a relationship of like, of course, if I can make it work, I'll make it work. You know? Yeah. It's like, I've kind of thought about that. <laughs> like that's occurred to me at this point. Um, but thank you for your input. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. That's interesting. Let me, let oh, me, uh... so you're saying we should avoid a, an extremely costly and traumatizing divorce. Okay. Let me sit with that. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, by the way, like Brooks should be the one like the in person that says if they stay together or not. Brooks should make that final decision. I think that it I was just going to say when you said they decided to stay together, I I think Brooks was like, I can't deal with this until the release of my tracksuit line. So if you guys could just <laughs> put your differences aside and help me with my fucking supply chain. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Would you wear a Brooks tracksuit that he says? I would. I think but you, you wouldn't pay your own money for it, right? Um, I, um, yeah, I think it would depend on them. If it was like, if the tracksuit total was like $50, both with shipping, I would do that. But that's probably means it's like unethically made. So yeah, I feel like probably you're not, not for the best at that price point, you know? And I also kind of feel like Brooks doesn't like me based on his non-response to the fan fiction. Cause it seems like he's someone who probably reads all his mentions. Yeah, I believe so. And the website was mentioning him and stuff and um, there was no uh, reply. So I feel like. Also, I don't know if he is well, uh, well aware of like Eyes Wide Shut or any kind of. Yeah, bloodletting. well, I'm like, here whenever he wants to discuss film. <laughs> when here. he wants to become a man and talk to me about this. Um, so anyways. Come to the red table, Brooks. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to 
I have to. I'm going to make my dad watch Red Table over the holidays and explain <laughs> what it is, just so he can be more disappointed than me. But okay, so now we're at Mary's house. Lisa comes over to Mary's house. Mary's house is all set up for Christmas, which I found very nice. And Lisa is says, "I've been in my fair share of homes living here from um, living here from my 20s on. The house is a little disjointed from her personal tastes. It's eclectic, not Utah eclectic, but definitely eclectic." I wonder so what like, Utah what? eclectic is. I don't know. Like, is it Utah eclectic like snowscapes or? Don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. So, yeah, it, it, but it, I like that she shaded Mary's taste, but like gave a thumbs up to Mary's personal taste, which I thought was weird. Robert Jr., her son, comes in, <laughs> and the way her son enters this room is such like a little like like I remember entering rooms with my mom's friends of like just being shy and wanting to disappear, and. Uh, Lisa's like, hello, hi. And then Mary's like, he asked him what he bought his girlfriend, a Prada purse. And he brought, uh, for Valentine's Day, bought her a chinchilla and birthday, bought her a dog, way more than he's ever gotten for me. And I'm like, that is an insane amount of gifts. It's an insane amount of gifts. Um, it's, there's a lot of Freudian stuff happening with Mary and her son that yeah. can be explored. And also I feel genuinely so bad for him because he seems like Brooks swans into the room and is on camera and is like, let's fucking do this. Like I'm locked in, you know what I mean? But this yes, guy is and like, Robert Jr. Just is like, like talking through his smile and he's like, yes, no. I want to be a like, fashion designer. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, send him to boarding school, get him out of the show. Like I, yeah. I like this is dangerous this. for him to be in the house. And like, he goes, I want, he goes, I want to be a fashion designer. Lisa's like, okay. And Mary goes, you said you wanted to be a brain surgeon your entire life. You don't want to help people. You've changed. Oof. That girl has changed you. And I'm like, Whoa, like he didn't even remember he wanted to be a brain surgeon. Like his dad is, is his specific. great grandfather. Like, yeah, let, like him let, have let him this. live. Uh, <laughs> and then this Lisa's so funny. Uh Robert Jr. slinks off and he's in a white t-shirt and gray sweatpants. And Lisa goes, Robert's vibe is solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, when she said that, I was like, I'm on the same page. Yeah, I, I was do. like, I got it. White and gray, cool. Um, but she lets us know that she's going to throw a luncheon for all the ladies, which is very important. Um, she's going to show her style because the theme is Met Gala. <laughs> and she goes, when I think of Met Gala, I think over the top ostrich fe feathers. I think of costume gowns, a feeling of dressing up. Uh, she's like, I'd love to invite Jen Shaw, but I just, I can't understand her. Lisa says, yeah, she went <laughs> from zero to hundred. Where is this coming from? Mary says it's just all competition at the end of the day. About being um, the big dog. I thought it was interesting to have a theme that is the Met Gala because in a way that is more camp than the camp Met Gala itself because the Met Gala is an event that has to have a theme and yet it is her theme. So it's very yeah. like theme within a theme within a theme. I'm, I'm a, on board. Like a, it's like a Russian nesting doll of like yeah. amazingness. <laughs> and Mary in the talking head, I love it. She goes, it's hard being Mary right now. Mm. And I, I like when people refer to themselves in, uh, that way. And why would I invite someone that says things about me that aren't valid? But I'm like, well, that's not like you did marry. You did right. marry your great. Yeah. So um, she said, grandfather, a grandfather, mother, a grandfather fucker is a low blow. And it does sting. She says it's a lose lose situation if I invite her or not. Now we're at Heather's house. Jen Shaw comes over and uh, and also there's like a, an immediate knock at the door. Uh, and Jen's like, oh, I, I ordered sushi to your house. And we find out that Jen always loves a snack, 
likes a, a snack and a sippy cup like a child. I hate and when they do this. I hate when they give me things like this. Honestly, I know it's like I know it's necessary for the show to like build character with these little moments, but I'm like, I don't fucking care that she loves snacks. Like, move on. Move yeah, like on. where does this come into play later? I'm like, ah, oh, that's gonna interrupt with her snack time, you know. <laughs> um Basically, this whole scene is so that Jen lets slip that Meredith and her husband, Seth, are separated. Heather didn't know. And basically, Jen's like, well, you betray me. I'll betray you. I don't care. And um, Mm, that was a letdown for me on her. I was like, you don't do that. I mean, I guess you do it on The Real Housewives. But her reasoning being so I was like, at least lie. Yeah. At least say that you're doing it because you're concerned for her or whatever. But props to her for being honest, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I just like would have loved if she had winked at the camera, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so then um, Jen and Heather are continuing to talk and they're talking about uh, her father's anniversary of the first anniversary of his death is coming up and they do a flashback to the graveyard. She is the oldest child and she's uh, crying at the graveyard with cameras there saying, I love you. I miss you so much. This is the hardest thing I've ever dealt with in my life. Um, and she a thousand percent feels lonely because her husband's never there. And Sharif, her husband couldn't go to the funeral because of a sports game and he will never understand how much this hurt me, she says. And, uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. She seems like someone who needs like a lot of counseling to deal with a lot of grief and like childhood stuff, which like obviously everyone in the real housewives is, but she seems like she's genuinely like going through a hard time and being very reactive. And I do think Mary sucks, but it's just like the volume of things she's mentioned so far. Like she's always alone. She has her friends around her, like her team. I yeah. don't understand what she does for a living that she needs a team. It seems like they're, they're just her team. So that's in and of itself kind of sad, like that that's what you need to have structure is like a whole team to like get you dressed. And, yeah, and the, only, the only people that should have teams are like those shows like CSI where there's like a CSI yeah. team. It shouldn't be Shaw needs <laughs> a team. And they're like, there's the purpose is just to get Shaw dressed. You know, She should become a grizzled investigator. <laughs> is oh, what she should be on CSI. A hundred percent. Putting polygamists like Mary in jail. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. You know, yeah, we're going to need DNA now. I'm all for the step grandpa. But yeah, it's it was a very genuinely sad moment. And I feel like throughout this episode, like she and in previous ones, she mentions things like the hospital, the amputation, her husband being gone, her dad being dead, having a troubled childhood. It's just like, yeah, let's get this woman some fucking help. Oh, like, I just, I just hate that. Like on a show like this, we celebrate these housewives, so they never actually get help. They just ramp up their behavior because there's no way that Jen's yeah. like, you know what? I should chill out now. And the second season, I should bring it down. They usually just kind of like go further into the stratosphere. Well, Tinsley went to Chicago, so there's hope. <laughs> yeah, but, t- but, but Tinsley's like a seven year old. She's like a development, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so new scene. Um, Jen uh, is getting ready for the luncheon. She calls uh, her husband, Sharif. <laughs> they do a ba- daily pep talk, which must be fun for him. Uh, <laughs> she said she got her first pep talk 28 years ago. Aww. And yeah, I mean, you know, he's like, you control you. You can choose your anger or you choose happiness. It comes from within. And then she goes, I love you. And he goes, I love you more, baby. Click. Like, yeah. uh, like it was like, 
I, you know, I like that. It was sweet. I want them to just like live together though. I get, I get a good vibe from their relationship, but it, I get a bad vibe from the living separately and how much he works and all that shit. The road is hell. Um, yeah. So the Heather is driving to the luncheon with Whitney. Uh, they're both dressed up. Whitney tells Heather, you're killing it, babe, with her uh, style. <laughs> She's Heather like wearing a headband. Yeah, Heather is confused with the Met Gala because she says what you said. It's a location. I don't I don't understand it. Mary thought it sounded fancy, so she just put it on the invitation. Whitney asks Heather how it's going today. Heather says um, she's scared about Mary and Jen judging each other. Whitney says if someone called me a grandfather fucker, I wouldn't invite them to my Met Gala lunch. Yeah. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you, Whitney. That's so true. And... Um, Heather now tells Whitney that Meredith and Seth are splitting up. So now we're telephoning Meredith's big news. Yeah, um, and it's um the split up is interesting the way it's framed from different people. You know what I mean? Like there, I found it interesting that she told Jen Shaw so long ago, and then Lisa's only being told now, you know, and then yeah. the way it's telephoned around is like they're they're splitting up they're dating <laughs> and like, and so I wanted to, I definitely hope that next episode that is brought up in group conversation so we can get a real read on everyone's take and what they're saying in front of her face. <laughs> Do you think Meredith is dating? Um, no, her husband seems so fucking annoying. He was he so really annoying in that does. scene with the phone and like, let me see I, your phone. Oh, I, I, if you wanted to see my phone, at least I'd know you cared. Yeah, and what she's a weird so like thing to say. she has almost like a Carol Radziwill energy of being like very monotone and non-reactive, almost in a frustrating yeah. way, like a cat. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. No, like, I totally yeah. Just cuddle with me, and she's like, "No, honey, <laughs> let's just have fun." Like, so I was, I don't know. I wanna, I wanna see her actually get upset because, as she said, she is not engaging. She is disengaging. Yeah. She is not engaging. So we go into the restaurant, the fancy restaurant, uh, Voltaire, V-A-L-T-E-R, <laughs> his restaurant. And Voltaire is an older man and him and Mary are sniffing wine. Uh, there is a red carpet valet dressed up and people are dressed up like toy soldiers. Uh, Meredith right. is coming in all white, Lisa in all red. Um, you know, Whitney pulls up. She's like, there, there are beef eaters in a red carpet at noon in Salt Lake City. This is crazy. Beef um, eaters. I think is like that... the beef eater gin, like the man on beef eater gin. Oh. I think that's what it means. Okay. Yeah. I I uh, was, I just thought she was being a fucking idiot when she said that, but it, it turns out it was very astute. <laughs> so, what if beef eater is like a, a swinger's term? Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that she, <laughs> the beef eaters, <laughs> beef eaters are people. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But, <laughs> um, I would love I to love get a that. full quote. Please keep going. Yeah. Whitney understood the Met Gala theme as putting on a headband, which yeah. I love for her. So good interpretation of the theme. Um, um, Mary Peter. hits the guest, though, with like this whole thing of like, you know, I got you journals, a pen. <laughs> Mary says, write things on here that we don't know about you, you know, so you can share. And this is when the really historic moment happens of like, they toast with Dom Perignon 2003. And right. she lets us know there was a heat wave that year. So many people died, but it's the best champagne ever. I thought 
Maybe I made this up in my head, but I thought she said that's why it's the best champagne ever. She did. She did. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, Which I'm sure she was connecting to the heat wave and not the many deaths. But that was amazing. No, no. Like, I mean, like it does give it. It Her, gives it like an oomph. She has sort. She's doing a um, like a gospel gothic thing at all times. <laughs> like she's got her witchy wardrobe, her haunted Christmas palace, yeah. her weird like, anecdotes like, about death. I know there's like weird like Tennessee Williams energy happening. Yeah, and like yeah. It's, <laughs> and then there's like betta fish in front of the table and journal mm. pins. Every like the journals have it's like inscribed with their names, and then. She does. She's like Louis Vuitton earbuds, which are retail for $1,100. Like, that's a lot. I mean, on top of this restaurant, Voltaire, the first course is eggs with caviar on them. Like, she wants insane. to be arrested. They also had, didn't they have like, truffle wants, pasta with like yes. very she goes, and she goes, she goes, she goes $8,000 a pound. For <laughs> right. truffles. And she does like the whisper thing, which I'm like, what? Like, it is so bizarre. And we should get a Mary ASMR track on the show. Oh. Like if she just narrated the shows being like $8,000 a bottle. She smells like hospital. <laughs> um, Leslie. So um, Mary comes uh, over to Jen uh, and she goes, I made you a personalized pen. I want you to write. Cause she came late. I want you to write something you want us to know about you. Um, <laughs> so Mary of course does a prayer and she asked for right. uh, God for a beautiful lunch today. Um, and Jen, of course, says amen before the prayer's over. And Mary mm -hmm. keeps going. And she says each name at the table. And she goes, we pray and we thank you for everything we, we have. And she starts tearing up. Uh, Jen in a talking head says, please. <laughs> and this is when we get the caviar leading into the white truffle. Uh, we got the, It was the last white truffle, too. Uh, I don't right. know of all times. So it's huge. <laughs> Whitney Whitney admits that she doesn't know what to write. Um, Mary says, all of you ladies have something special inside you. And Mar Mary said, I'll start because it's my party. I have trust issues. That's the truth. You don't just walk into my heart. And Lisa you goes- You have to fuck oh. my grandma first. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, Lisa goes, I love how direct you are about it. And- <laughs> Whitney, like Whitney suddenly gets an answer. She's like, oh, uh, I'm working on not caring what other people's opinions are. And I'll say one last thing. I'm not a swinger. Like she just says that out of right. nowhere. Unprovoked, which yeah. I appreciate. But I felt Lisa like- Barlow the, knows. That even with, her. yeah. Even without editing though, I felt like they were all sort of snowballing, snowballing, well, snowballing <laughs> <laughs> towards um, Jen's truth because they were all yes. just sort of like blurting. So they're like, I pee in the shower. <laughs> like, and then like Mary's like, Jen? <laughs> yeah. Cause like, but by the way, Lisa, so Lisa hears what Whitney says and Lisa goes, ah, I love myself and I don't want to change, which is great. And then- <laughs> Mary I'm going to Burger King after this. <laughs> Mary goes a little bit of Mary does hers. She goes a little bit of history of me. My dad grew up with nothing in Tonga. He came to the U.S. trying to find a better life for his family. I'm the oldest of six children. Uh, blah, blah, blah. A lot of responsibility. I was always different. Uh, everyone thought I was It's hard to grow up in Utah. Everyone thought I was black. I was always different. I didn't go on dates. I got but then up wait, Mary goes, I, I am black. I actually yeah, grew up black. So yes, I actually yeah. know. And I was like, ah. <laughs> I'm so confused. 
She got stood up at homecoming. I know what it's like to work 50 times harder just to get the same thing that everyone else has. That's why I'm so passionate. If I say you're my friend, you're my fucking friend. Yes, I'm crazy AF. No one reciprocates the type of loyalty that I give. I want you to know why I care so much. And Mary says, sometimes that comes across uh, poorly, um, but words can be just, oh, Mary all of a sudden jumps in, but it's like, says, hey, sometimes that comes across poorly. Words can be just as deadly as a weapon. She's meaning the grandpa fucker thing. And she's. uh, It's just like stabbing me. Yes, to point and, out that I married my grandfather is akin to physical harm. Yes. The, we're not getting up from this table until everybody's cool with grandpa, fucking, <laughs> you know? Um, and then and I've like gotten a, you all a special pen to sign a document saying that you'll uh, never bring it up again. This is an NDA. This is the. It's a Randall Louis Vuitton Coachella. NDA. Yeah. The, um, and Jen concludes the smallest action to me cuts me so deeply. I have your. Be- like she's like, I'll have your back, and then I'll pull you aside and say, "Hey, you're kind of crazy, but I have your back." Right. And then she says, "Sorry to Meredith," and this is hysterical because Mary's expecting the apology, <laughs> and Meredith gets it. She's like, "Thank you for explaining me. I was definitely taken by surprise the other night, and everything's got uh, fine." And Mary goes, "I want to know where her apology for be- for me being a grandpa fucker is." And then yeah, that's the end no of the episode. No one's gonna apologize for you fucking your grandpa. Yeah, I feel like the reward in grandpa fucking is just the grandpa fucking itself. You've got to be yeah. okay with just the grandpa fucking because you're not going to get celebrated ever for it, you know? Yeah, it's just not. If anyone's going to celebrate her for it, it's me and my yeah. Netflix BBC <laughs> doc series. Did you Three watch Wives the Heaven's Gate documentary on Netflix yet? On, on HBO Max yet? Wait, the what? Heaven's Gate uh, four-part documentary on no, HBO Max? No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't been to that cult yet i've been focused too much on mormonism oh man yeah because i went nixium into uh heaven's gate documentary yeah that and makes I, sense it does, it's a good feeder system but i will say i'm more of a nexium man like right. I, I think that's my jam but uh anyway so that so no. overall thoughts you didn't you loved the last scene but you were so so on the rest of the episode compared to the first three episodes right the way I know that the teasers are always manipulative, but the teaser on the week before this one basically queued up that whole fucking Met Gala brunch as the drama focus of the next one. So I'm like, great, we're going like back to back. Like we'll probably have a scene in between being like, I want to have a brunch to air it out. But we waited the whole episode for the fucking brunch and I had to suffer what? Like an entire scene of uh, fucking Heather preparing a green bean casserole. Like I don't give a shit. And I don't care about Mary's son uh, not being a surgeon or whatever. Like, let him buy his girlfriend a bunch of fucking chinchilla. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't care. I wanted to get right into it. Um, So it makes me wonder what there is to parse out this season. Um, There's where else? Because we have like, uh, I think like eight episodes left on this season. And I feel like we're like 20 episodes. Is it not like like, I thought? Episodes are like 20 season or 20. <laughs> I thought episodes season, are 20 yeah. seasons long. Um, I thought these shows were like 20 episodes per season. They are, except usually like newer housewives, like the first season of Dallas right. and um, the uh, Potomac were like 13 episodes. I, also, I wonder when they were filming COVID wise. Like when did. Definitely before COVID. Like I think, I think probably filming wrapped right before COVID or in that. And I'm kind of really thankful for that because I, I've been watching like Southern Charm and OC because right. uh, I'm a masochist and it's like really hard to 
it's really hard to watch like them like discover it like you know or right. like they're like it's not real and then they all get it like that that's the week we're at on southern charm and it sometimes is not triggering because i'm an adult but it's like upsetting yeah i it's also hard to watch things where you know exactly how they play out you know yeah. what i mean because like yeah. covid coverage has been so minute to minute and immersive for all of us that it's like oh like yeah you're not you you got sick i know that you're still alive today like <laughs> you're rich okay like whatever. <laughs> spoiler alert they're still alive so hard though at southern charm um calhoun like dude she, is she truly a relative of the leader of the confederate army the vice president, John C. Calhoun. That is so like, he was just dying laughing and he was like, Oh my God. Like imagine fighting in the civil war on the side of the Confederacy only to have your relative then be on a Bravo show one day, your descendant. Um, well, and then definitely the opposite of what they wanted. I don't care if they take down the statue. It's ugly. And I was like, great. That's amazing that you, you, you're good with it. Cause you just think it's ugly. But (laughs) Catherine is, such an idiot they paint i mean like she really it's not even how they paint her she seems like such an idiot and i'm like we keep defending these idiots and expecting them to like make the right decision when it's like yeah believe them the first time that they showed that they're an idiot you know southern charm has never been i've never been able to truly enjoy southern charm and again this isn't like from like a moral thing but i just think they're really boring like their lives are very boring to me I know that there was the the one guy literally assaulted someone on there or something. And there yeah, was Thomas Ravenel. Yeah, yeah, that's Catherine's ex. That's like right. twenty years older than her and got her like two kids with. And now he like got some other lady pregnant. He had a like yeah. a rape assaulting allegation against him. Real disgusting person. And he's not on the show except they talk about him. But it's like right. they can't. They're trying to course correct, so they're trying to throw in minorities right. all of a sudden. Um, and it's like a real awkward. But then you have. Craig, the guy going like, he's like one of the pandemic people of like, it's not that big of a deal. And then this next episode, they all right. get it. So that's going to be I am interested in these shows telling more compelling stories about a wider range of people for sure. But again, I'm not interested in the redemption tour of Bravo suddenly being like, ah, oh, let's cast a black woman. Because yeah. while I want to hear that story, I want it to have good context and to be told in an interesting, engaging way, and not just like we we casted someone. Are you guys happy? <laughs> like, well, it's got. I, I think it's got to do. It, it's got to be in a natural way. Like, there's got to be a reason why we're seeing these characters yeah. together, and not just we got we got a minority. We're all <laughs> right. Season, you know, someone's like, about to tell everyone on Southern Charm they're racist. It's like okay, well, because you know that email went out of like you know Shep and the rest of the cast. Uh, just want to ask if anybody knows any kind of minorities out there, if you send, <laughs> like. Like, you know, that email went out of like, we're looking to like talk right. to some other people. Do you guys have, have ever, any friends who aren't exactly ever like met you? a minority? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I like- the show, mm, that's where it, it's not, it's that and it's other stuff that it's always felt kind of boring to me. But I, I'm ready for Bravo to expand their programming. I think Salt Lake is going great. And yeah. Salt Lake is, uh, more of a range of a cast than other shows in terms of the types of people on it, at least. And, it, and that guess. started from the beginning. So it's like, I like that we're having that from episode one, you know, yeah, is that we're I not gaining those people three seasons in. Yeah. It doesn't feel like diversity for the sake of Bravo's ass. It feels like they casted a lot of fucking crazy people 
And I like that. Um, and I don't, yeah, I don't want to reward Bravo for doing the lowest bar. I want them to earn it. <laughs> I want them to fucking earn it. So I'm hoping you fucking earn it. I hope that if they do, whoever gets the reins of the next iteration of Vanderpump rules or whatever, like without Stassi, without Jax, that it does have a, a refreshing energy instead of like more of the same, you know, I like it. It's like, it's like reboot. It's like rebooting Batman or something, you know? Yeah. You it's like, Oh, your- Ben Affleck. I want to see what he does with Batman. It's like, I think that same thing with Vanderpump, <laughs> whoever, Whoever gets the keys to the kingdom, I want to see. Wait, what they, they do should have it, just you know? recast Jax. Like, yes, just cast like, someone else as Jax Taylor, and <laughs> go or like on. I'm, I'm Jux. Like, just like have like <laughs> yeah. one letter off. No, I want them to just be like, yeah, it's me, Jax, and for everyone to act like Jax or, like, hasn't changed at all. See, that's what I would want. Like, you used to see on sitcoms all the time. I would love to fast forward 15 years or 18 years, yeah. and we see all the kids. The kids right. come back and they pass their her, infants as 18 like, year olds present day. We, we go ahead like 18 years and sir is still in business or sir's out of business and they're closing. And then those kids like, we got to do this for, our we got to bring back, sir. We got to bring back, sir. You know, it's a crime that none of those kids were conceived in the sir alleyway. We don't know of, that for sure. We don't know we that. Do. We do know that because Stassi, when was Stassi's pregnancy announced in like the summer? She, yeah, she didn't announce where anymore. they had them. Wait, <laughs> I have some wait. secret wait, intel. I'll, I'll, I'll speak from knowledge. You do not have to work there. That <laughs> Look, I watched yeah. Bo and Saucy conceive, okay? I, yeah, yeah. There. I am a member of her Patreon. I watched them because oh, it's so dark that she has. I know that's another thing that I wanted to bring up earlier that we didn't talk about was just like there are so many Bravo fans who are genuine fans of Jackson Britney. I am kind of out of touch with the mainstream Vanderpump Rules fan. You know what I mean? Wait, I, but see, I feel like the disliking Jackson Britney is like uh, one of the bedrocks of being a Vanderpump Rules fan. Like, I don't- I don't know. Like, I saw I, like- I, I, I feel like Law, liking Lala, like I don't personally love Lala anymore, but I know she's very liked and Saucy's very liked. But I think part of Vanderpump Rules fandom is we all don't like Jax, except for like older, older ladies. You know who I forgot about for a brief moment in time? DJ James oh, Kennedy? DJ James, what is he doing? What's he up I, to? See, this is what my theory with DJ James Kennedy is that he was told he will be on the new show because he has weirdly kept quiet except for so like DJ Instagrams. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, that's so weird for him to stay quiet during this time. Maybe he's also doing well and just I like laying he, low I, and I minding his I business. He's supposedly still sober and Raquel, like the, that's what would be a shame. Like I was really enjoying watching Raquel find her voice like literally yeah. find her voice it was like <laughs> and now she's like settling into her voice more you know yeah she might have an entirely new vocal register by the time we see what her on screen next again. season we're like hi i'm raquel How are you? <laughs> she sounds like lisa barlow <laughs> it's me raquel <laughs> no she always had a very nervous voice and yeah. like it was yeah so stop uh, clapping in my face. <laughs> stop clapping in my face. Well, um, we give our best where... to them. <laughs> we do. We do. We I wish feel them like well. About, I feel like you're about to start a prayer, but Chrissy Malazzo <laughs> did it again. I would love to send people to your Instagram, but you uh, have refused to. Um, so Chrissy, of course, you can follow her on Twitter at C-R-I-S-S-Y-M-I-L-A-Z-Z-O. Is that That's right? Correct. Perfect. That's correct. She uh, is on there. I'm telling you, go read this cultural fan fiction 
Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I hope she does Thank more you. of that. Uh, is there anything else that we can send people to or anything? No. Um, so <laughs> go to go to therapy, seek counseling. <laughs> yes, by the way, Chrissy actually, no, she is like a, a really proponent of that. And I, I think that actually is an amazing thing, all joking aside. Um, I do uh, both and I'm on medication and that has helped me immensely. Damn. And I you know, so yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much for doing this with me again. Thank it you. is so easy to talk to you. So thank you so much. Thank you guys. Please be in touch and let me know what Salt Lake City is like in real life. Let me know about the art scene. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> interested. Watch Three Wives, One Husband on Netflix. <laughs> I'm da- I mean, no joke. I'm adding that to my, that sounds amazing. <laughs> okay, so- great. Not a word. From your lips, just took for granted that I'd want to skin it dip. A quick hit, that's your game. Girl, I'm not a piece of meat, stimulate my brain. Nine is young, so are we. Let's get to know each other better, slow and easily. Take my hand, let's hit the floor. was Chrissy Malazzo. Isn't she great? And also that song is called We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off by Jermaine Stewart. Now, when I was a kid, I I still don't really fully understand the song, but it's it's basically saying we don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Uh, no, no. And I'm like, that's we do we get that with pop music anymore? Like that kind of messaging? Like we don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time? And I remember when I was a kid, I was like, what the fuck are people doing together? Are these these dates I hear of? And then like there's a choice. You either take your clothes off or you don't have to take your clothes off. I mean, it scared the shit out of me thinking that like I potentially, if I ask somebody out, I I there seems to be a faction of people that like to take their clothes off. Um and then at the that song, then it goes, uh, we can drink some cherry wine, cherry wine. And I'm like, also, I still is cherry wine like Boone's Farm? Is it like wine coolers? Cherry wine. It just sounds like a whole bad scene. Whoever this Jermaine Stewart is, he seems like he's obviously gone through something that I I still worry about him to this day. <laughs> so uh, I love that interview so much. And I love you guys. And we're going to say. Good night. Remember, I come at you tomorrow with two huge interviews and then Friday with a huge interview as well. So you got plenty of Ryan. So if you want to save all of it up for Saturday, I totally understand. Um, But thank you guys for sticking with me. Of course, we deal. We do so sad. It's good. I talked about this song last week and I wanted to finally play it for you guys. Um, You know, my obsession with Phoebe Bridgers. I think I talk about her every week. I you know, it's, it's so funny. I got Liz O'Malley, when I talked to her last week about Salt Lake, we talked about Phoebe Bridgers in the first part before when I thought it was recorded on Zoom and it wasn't. And it really sucks because we really went into uh, our love of Phoebe Bridgers and she is uh, equally in love. And I I was talking about because Phoebe Bridgers, I think, is like 25, 24, 25, maybe even younger. And I saw her once at the El Rey in Los Angeles. I was seeing a... um, a band called Soccer Mommy. Uh, yeah, that's an actual band name. And she was outside smoking and I flipped out. And 
That's the thing that sucks about getting older is that you can't then and also kind of being a dude uh, to a degree is that you can't go up and like freak out on somebody like, you know, I, 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 I can't pull that off anymore. Like, I think I would just scare somebody like, you know, it's like you don't want to be aggressive, but you also like there's that part of you that's always going to be that kid that is just so excited and you want to tell this person that has made you uh, cry so many times by listening to her music that how much you appreciate it. But you I think that's part of growing up. You realize like, nah, I I'll probably scare her. So why don't we just hang back? And it's uh, it's cool to watch her smoke a cigarette. Uh, but anyways, here is Phoebe Bridgers. She does this beautiful cover of a Merle Haggard song. Um, and it's a holiday song, as it were. So, And this is called If We Make It Through December. And we will make it through December, folks. But it's all right to be sad sometimes. And that's uh, that's we take it out on music. So I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks so much. Follow me on Instagram, write the reviews, Patreon, all that jazz, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. If we make it through December, everything's gonna be all right, I know. It's the coldest time of winter And I shiver when I see the falling snow If we make it through December Got plans to be in a warmer town come summertime through December we'll be fine got laid off at the factory and their timing's not the greatest in the world heaven knows I've been working hard wanted Christmas to be right for my to be the happy time of year And my little girl don't understand Why we can't afford no Christmas here If we make it through
Betches.